0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandys can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into
0: simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a
1: Keebler Sandies.
0: You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at PurdueGlobal.edu.
1: It's not a bathrobe, okay? I
2: mean, it looks luxurious.
1: This new morning recording um, program that we're on is just really not my vibe.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I've actually been up for almost four hours now. So
1: Me too, actually. But I'm still, like I was just telling you, I'm having a really hard time waking up mentally today. Right, waking up your mind. Yeah, like I slept really good, actually. But when my alarm went off this morning, I was like in such a deep sleep place. You know, those days and then you just have a hard time kind of like getting like hip to stuff. We were texting earlier about some of the topic stuff and I
2: was like, (laughs) oh, well, I mean, are you you a snooze hitter? Do you hit snooze? I did this morning.
1: Well, see, Mm. usually I get right up and I actually do way better when I just get up. Yeah. Like my process is I get up and then I immediately meditate because if I don't meditate then and I start going about my day, I just won't do it. Right, so like right. I have to go right into it and today I snoozed three times before I meditated
2: yeah I'm I'm a pretty bad snoozer I mean I've there are days where sometimes I'm like I'm gonna get up early tomorrow and I'll hit snooze for two hours what yeah oh
1: yeah. my gosh and that yeah. can't
2: be that can't be good because it's like you're not really falling back to sleep right and That's, then you wake up feeling guilty that you've been hitting snooze forever.
1: And you, miss but those I, two I agree. Hours.
2: I, I agree that like when I just get out of bed, one of the first things I like to do when I get out of bed is I like to tell myself it's going to be a great day.
1: Oh, I like that.
2: Yeah, it's just like it starts the day like with a positive note, and um, yeah. And I feel like I believe it more when I'm like I really just like get out of bed, you know, guns because blazing. It feels, get yeah, out of guns bed, blazing. like, yeah, yeah, it feels more real.
1: I literally just said guns blazing, and I was like, "Oh, is that a bad thing?" To-? <laughs> like, it's just like, can you say everything anymore without? No. Yeah, I just like no. literally, feels so scared to speak all the yeah. time. Yeah, um, which no is no more actually- euphemisms. No, 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 not so much. It kind of ties into our topic today. The month, the theme of the month is the word confront, and we really like there's just this energy of confrontation. I feel the last couple years in general in our world, like mm-hmm. it feels like everyone's kind of confronting issues in their own lives. And then on a bigger scale, we're confronting a lot of issues, none of which are actually new. You and I talk about this a lot. Like these are topics that have been going on in our world for so many years. It's just unbelievable, but we're really facing them again. Like they've really mm-hmm. seemed to come to the forefront And people are very divisive on these topics, or things are very divisive, and it just feels volatile in general. So we kind of wanted to talk about that, but also give a spin of different ways that confronting issues in our own lives, within our own selves, and then on a bigger scale in our culture doesn't have to be so aggressive. Right. (laughs) That would be the way that I would put that. Do you have any input on that?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think the reason why these, a lot of, you know, the topics that we, that are obviously very top of mind and tend to lean political and, um, you know, are d- cause division in our world. Like, they, th- I think the reason why they last for so long is because they're really easy things to, like, get under people's skin
1: it's like about. Like, trigger happy. Yeah, yeah, they're
2: very triggering for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... <laughs> The way I kind of live my life is just like mind your business. Like right. I feel like most of those topics, if people were just minding their own damn business, they're not issues. They're right. such non-issues if people are just minding their own business. And um, and you know, I think it's like it's a really important um thing for us all to do. Like, first of all. I know that I'm a lot happier when I'm not worried about what other people are doing, you know, of like course. yeah. It's, you know, I've got enough to deal with of my own to sure. unpack and to like just get through the day of, you know, work and life and all of the things. And when I'm wrapped up in other people's issues, it's not healthy. It means that I'm not like moving forward in my own life.
1: I was just going to say the same thing. I feel like any time in my life where I'm just like really focused on trying to convince another person of a certain way, it's because I'm not really wanting to look at my part or my own stuff or like, it's just easier, I think, for us to focus on what they're doing wrong versus facing ourselves most of the time. So it's really interesting to watch this on a bigger scale, like as a culture and as a world, how we're all kind of doing that.
2: Well, and you know, it's. I also find it um, interesting that oftentimes when I do get off course and I'm paying attention to what someone else is doing wrong, wow. it's a magnification of something that I'm not happy about myself.
1: If you spot it, you got it, baby.
2: A hundred percent. It's and so
1: frustrating. It's I so hate frustrating that phrase so much because it's so true. It's
2: really, really true. And it's like, I mean, and and I mean, I. It's always very clear to me when I'm like talking about somebody or making fun of somebody or like sure. focused on something that i don't agree with about them i'm like i have to step back and be like oh that's where that's coming from uh huh yeah There's it's always, always internalized anger or something yeah
1: yeah and like it doesn't necessarily that that saying it doesn't necessarily mean you do it exactly the same but for some reason it is bringing up something in you that just makes you so upset or so like Fearful or whatever the whatever the emotion is, but it's it's always about us. Like we're always projecting something of our own, and as much as I hate to say that, that really is true. Or it has, it has rung true in my life. And the older I get, the more true it gets.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. That was
1: really a big golf you just It there. was a really
2: big gulf. Sorry. I'm <laughs> trying to drink a lot of water these
1: Hydrate.
2: days. Hydrate. <laughs> Hydrate. No, I, I also think it's it's always interesting too when um, you know, sort of in the political sphere when you see people that are trying to oppress other people and like, you know, they 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 always get like caught doing something super heavy. Like people that are trying to do like anti-LGBTQ laws, like are caught on grinder in the bathroom Having sex trying with to hook up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, or, you know preachers, you know, abusing children. It's, it's, it's always like karma is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, karma, karma
1: just really has this way of like working itself out. So 100%. I feel like keep us all humble enough to remember our humanness, you know, right? and like, and that goes for everyone. I mean, I know this has showed up in my life. I know it showed up in yours and it's just kind of what you're saying. Like if you keep the focus on you and doing right by others in your life, Um, Some of that seems to work itself out. And so that's sort of how we wanted to take this confront topic. Um, I know on this podcast, we've just really grappled with like how to talk about these topics and a lot of things you mentioned earlier when we were talking so many topics in our world, they do turn political now. So it it becomes very complicated to not talk about politics. And I don't ever really want to be this person that's contributing to the divisiveness And I don't want to not use this platform as a form of just like talking about things that I really find important in our culture. Like I don't want to just bury my head in the sand either since we do have this platform. And so it's a really fine line to walk and we're just trying to navigate it literally one day at a time. I feel like one podcast at a time. We're trying to navigate this in the best way we can. But this week's Focus is always pop culture. And we were like, how are we going to do (laughs) confront pop culture without it turning super negative, super divisive, um, political, all of those things. And what we came up with is that there really are in our country specifically still some really amazing thought leaders, political leaders, influencers, um, celebrities, whatever you want to call them, people in the public eye that are confronting the hard issues in a way that isn't divisive, that leads with love, that is informative and educational, but not really contributing to a major part of like an argumentative structure. If that right. does that make sense how I just mm-hmm. said that?
2: Yeah. I mean look, obviously when when we're when the word is confront, <laughs> yeah. it's it's often hard to not sort of tread that line of course um and you know look there are big issues that need to be confronted there are very personal issues that we all need to confront and I think some of these people um like I think some of the people that we've chosen it's like a nice array and they some of it does dip their toe into the political sphere but I think it's, it's sort of impossible to navigate I want to read something really quick it was a meme that I saw Okay. Um, that I think is really important. I didn't even share this with you because I do think that like when these conversations happen, it is really easy to internalize what we're talking about and um, feel that every, like you're always being personally attacked.
3: Oh, um, for and sure. I, and I saw this yeah. meme
2: and I think it's really important. And and we're not okay. even going to touch on all of these things, but I think it's important. Okay. Um, this person named David, David G. McAfee posted this. And I don't know if, who it's attributed to, but it says... The target is not Christians, it's Christian nationalism. The target is not men, it's patriarchy. The target is not white people, it's white supremacy. The target is not heterosexuals, it's homophobia. Mm. Don't take it personally. Join the work and dismantle oppressive systems. I love it. And I thought it was so interesting because it takes the personal out of it. For sure. And I think the reason why we're in such a divided place is because when people hear these things if they have any little bit of that in them, they do take it personally. And um, it's okay to be a victim of the system. Like Mm -hmm. we all like, Mm -hmm. just because you're white doesn't mean that you're not a victim of white supremacy because we all live within that system. I say this
1: all the time. I did not realize how much I contributed to the patriarchy until like, Three years ago, right. you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. It was just the way that I thought
2: things you bought were. into it. You bought but, into it. It's just
1: what you're taught from day one. And so until you start to question things yourself, it's just like, oh, like you don't realize that the, right. those narratives are even in your head. Right. I love that though, because I've, I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast now that I've been working on this, um, this project that involves people who have different beliefs than me and what the biggest thing that I'm walking away from realizing is that we actually can get along. It's that it's the extremes of either side. And those are the narratives that are being pushed on the news and on social media and all the things. It's all of the extremes. And the truth is that most people, I believe, do have the capability of removing themselves from the, they're they're not thinking in the extreme. So if we like stop thinking the extreme is what the other side actually thinks, we could probably get to a more productive conversation so much easier. But because of what we're being fed in the news and on social media and all those other platforms, we associate other sides of the argument with that extreme nature, like you're saying. And that's just right. not really true. Yeah. It's just not. And,
2: and even for myself, like it's I think when you're you're in the heat of the argument, it's really easy to go to that extreme place, mm-hmm. even if that's not what you believe, because you're How trying to make a point. For like, sure. And um, yeah, I, I you know, I, I hope that today's conversation um will sort of lighten that a little bit, even in my own self-discovery, like in reading about some of these people and And trying to figure out, like, what it is that makes me gravitate toward them or think that they're important in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, at least a resource that maybe, you know, our listeners can explore and, um, you know, maybe bring a little bit more light confrontation to their lives.
1: Yeah. Confront, to me, confront does not have to be a negative. Like, I don't look at that in a negative connotation because yeah. i think that life presents us with opportunities all the time for different lessons and lessons are confronting they yeah. shake up they shake up the way we're living currently but it's that's like where our growth is yeah. yeah and so like my word this year being dare i mean i'm daring myself in so many ways to confront the things that i don't want to as a human like that are within me or when things present themselves to look at them As an opportunity versus a like, oh, you know, like I don't want to deal with this kind of situation. And that's what confront can mean. It doesn't have to be like this blow up or this argument or anything like that. But I think that we're all being presented with opportunities right now for growth and we can choose to take them or not. So, right. Well, nothing changes
2: without confronting it. You know, like I'll give you a small example. I went to the gym with Ellie yesterday and I haven't worked. I haven't worked out in forever. And. She is working her ass off and looks I can, fucking great.
1: I can tell. And, by the way, everyone go follow L King's Instagram. I'm like, um, damn, no it, it is. A, my sister
2: texted me today. She's like, what is she doing? I was like, she's doing it right, the old fashioned way. And so I went with the, to to the gym with her yesterday, and she kicked my ass. And I did not – I mean, you fall out of shape real quick, you know. Yeah, I falling
1: out is so much faster than falling in.
2: <laughs> and, uh, right? And uh, we were doing core exercises, and I could not do them. And it wasn't yeah. like I was trying to not do them or you just literally wanting to be lazy. I them. literally could not do a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, I could do some, but, like, I couldn't do the reps that she was trying to get me to do. And I was like, this isn't me pussing out. Like, I literally physically cannot do another set Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a moment where I was like, fuck, I've got to confront this because it was something that I knew it was brewing. And now I'm like, I need to go get a gym membership at the Y. Like, mm-hmm. I just need to do it. And mm-hmm. if I didn't take that moment to confront it, like would never make the change.
1: No, you have been like dipping your toe in confronting it. Cause you talked yeah. about it last week on the podcast. Yeah. But yeah. – or two weeks ago, whenever that was. But that's interesting that actually taking the action step is what made you kind of shake up the whole mentality of like, okay, yeah, I got to do something. Yeah,
2: because you think, oh, like it'll be easy when I get to it. Mm-hmm. And I got to it. And it was not easy. And now I'm like, fuck.
1: Cause yeah. It, once Jigs you up. do it,
2: it becomes easy. you of know, course. Or at least it's easier. Yeah. Um, Because you always want to be pushing yourself to where it's hard because that's where the growth is. But – I was just like, I cannot believe how weak my core has gotten. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Just a little
0: example.
1: Well, I think numbers wise, you should probably go first with one of the people that we're going to share because you have one more than me. So okay. lead well, us I off. I can also cut Who, one
0: if
2: we need to. Well, I mean, uh, this is a funny one because we all know how much I love Dak Shepard. Um, and it's probably not an obvious one for this conversation. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, because it's like he's an actor that started that now is a podcaster. Sure. But I think what I love about him, I think he is like a perfect example of like a renaissance man of today. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I love how proudly he sits in his like masculinity and his sexuality, but like how open he is to everyone who is different than him and his like curiosity to learn and understand um you know also his his partner on the show is um an indian woman
1: right and
2: so they they talk about race a lot they talk about male female you know gender roles a lot she also was his babysitter <laughs> and it was someone that like he saw something in and the, I mean he even said it I was listening to an episode the other day he's like you were my you were I met you as a babysitter and now you you're building a house across the street from mine that's bigger than mine right. you know and it's like he saw something in somebody and it wasn't about like you know Hollywood and who she's rubbing elbows with, he saw someone who was smart and he partnered with her and created something great. Mm -hmm. And now he doesn't even act anymore. Like, this is what he does. Right. And, you know, he said um, on recently an interview that, like, he realized that when he was acting, one of his favorite parts of it was, like, the hang backstage, getting to know the other actors, like, understanding where they came from, what drove them, all the things. And he was like, it was really conversation. He's like, now I get to do that every day.
1: Sure. He figured out how to um, make it a job.
2: Yeah. And, you know, um, so the reason, the main reason why I put him on my list is because this was really fresh. Something that he was interviewing, I think, Lizzie Kaplan yesterday. And there were two things that stood out. One, um, they talked about, so so Lizzie Kaplan, who's an actress, you probably know her from Mean Girls. Yes. But um, she mentions in the podcast that her mother died when she was 13. And there would be moments when she was in school that people would make like your mama jokes. Uh, And, and then the people that knew, like, it would make the, the air really weird and um, instantly the person would apologize because that's not what I meant. And then yeah. Dax mentioned, um, oh, yeah, like, we'll be around people and they'll make a vaguely racist joke. And then Mo- Monica's sitting there and Monica's like, uh, and she <laughs> tries, like, her initial reaction is to, like, be like, it's okay. Like, I know you didn't of mean course. it. And Lizzie Kaplan was like, no, you've got to learn to let those people sit in their embarrassment for a minute. Like, just let them feel that awkwardness. Because it'll make them think twice about doing something like that. Yeah. So, like, I loved that he, you know, he brought that, like, recognition into the conversation. Also, he was talking about parenthood. Not, not the show Parenthood, which, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Oh it's God, his My best favorite book, show
1: ever. Favorite show
2: ever. But he was talking about um, parenting with Kristen Bell, his wife. And... He said that when they decided to have children, he said to her, I like in order for me to he was it was really important for him to make parenting decisions with her. And a lot of fathers let the mom do everything and or let the mom do most things. And he said, in order for me to um, be able to do what I want and participate in the way that I want, I have to be willing to do half the work, too. I have to be willing to read all the emails from the teachers at school. I have to be willing to put them to bed. I have to be willing to take them to school. I have to be willing to take them to doctor's appointment. And he's like, and I wanted to meet her halfway and do all that stuff. And he was like, I think it's really important for my kids because they get to see what a loving father is and it's a good role model for them. And he was like, I also understand that there is no safety net for my wife because a mother approaches mothering like there is no one that's going to, there is generally no one that's going to do the things that I will do if no one else is going to do them.
1: That's right.
2: And he's like, for me, there is a safety net because Kristen's going to do it.
1: her, yes.
2: But I don't want her to feel like that she doesn't have a safety net.
1: Wow. And I'm
2: like, that is a fucking man right there.
1: That is And a I love man. him
2: for that. I love yeah. him for that. Yeah. And you know, he also will talk about how he thinks a man is attractive and that doesn't make him gay. He's just like, whatever. The fucking male body is hot. You know, like that guy's juiced. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's like he's not on a quest of any Mm -hmm. sort. He's just living really honestly. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just a great example. Um, You know, he understands political things. They don't tend to go too political, but that he says a lot of the right things. And I just think he's a really important voice for our generation. And I, I urge a lot of people to listen to it. Like, I never thought in a million years that he would be one of my favorite people on earth. Like, it's the guy from Punked. You know what I mean? He was on
1: Punked. Oh my God. I just associate him with parenthood because I myself feel like I'm a braver man. Right. Um because I got so attached, to them.
2: so I'm about to or start maybe watching I just it wanted again. to be
1: a braverman. I was like, oh my yeah. God, the way they work through issues in that family is just like, it so family real. does that
2: it was Who so real. That? you know that something that was crazy when I was watching that show, the timeline of when Monica had breast cancer, is that yeah. no is her name Monica Braverman? Yes, yeah, yeah. um, she had breast cancer. My mother had it.
1: Oh wow! So you were, and it was so
2: wild. Yeah, Yeah. and it was like it was kind of therapy for me. It was really weird how that worked out. But sorry,
4: spoiler alert: Monica gets breast (laughs) cancer. But um.
2: Yeah, so anyway, Dax Shepard, I think he's a really important voice right Well, you also... uh, No, I just, I urge people to listen to it, the Armchair Expert.
1: I agree with you. And one of the other things that I think he does so well is um, they talk about the addiction addiction conversation a lot because he's a former addict and he's had some slips even, some Mm -hmm. relapses while having this podcast and he's been very honest and open about that and i think one of the things about like confronting issues and confronting ourselves is when we can get open and honest and vulnerable and connect with other humans through our pain mm-hmm. um it's healing for everybody and so right. i do really appreciate the way they're kind of destigmatizing that conversation by him being so open about his own personal struggles yeah um and then showing too like addiction can be a lifelong process it's not like there's so much more to addiction. It's like a frustrating thing for me to just touch on the, sur- the the surface of, but like he's showing how to live a life of dealing with coping mechanisms that he used and as survival skills and like right. just what a lifelong journey that that is and I really for me that's a big topic to confront in our society that just kind of everyone just sort of sweeps under the rug. We all kind of like live with these medicators that nobody's really willing to talk about and i do think he's talking about it
2: yeah i i agree and like when you said sweep it under the rug like it's a constant thing for him he talks about it all the time even sometimes in a joking way he'll be like oh god i can't go there because the first thing i'll want is a bag of coke you know and it normalizes it you know it also shows that it You know, it's not about like where you are on the social social, socioeconomic ladder. Like it affects every walk of life.
1: Right. Like he's very successful right now. Things seem to be going really well. So like you want to be like, well, why would you do that or whatever? But it's because of things inside of us. And it's not just like, oh, he has a craving for drugs. It's a deeper hole. You know, that's an emotional hole. What are you laughing at over there?
2: Elle just sent me a funny picture. Sorry.
1: Oh, distracted. (laughs) Distracted. All right. Well, I really support Dax. I love that you brought him up. My first one is sort of predictable for me as well because it's Oprah. Uh,
2: (laughs) I mean, she's the queen.
1: She is the GOAT. (laughs) Yeah,
2: we would be remiss if she wasn't on this list.
1: I mean, how could I not? It's just like, first of all, she's always been just like an idol of mine. And I just find her, I love every conversation she has. I love the way that she has them. I feel like because we do what we do, I really appreciate her interviewing skills. She is one of the greatest interviewers of like, obviously our time, but I think ever personally because of the empathy and emotionality that she brings, like mm-hmm. there's a real human connection happening in her interview. It's not just questions, you know, it's it's a conversation. She listens.
2: Yeah, she listens. She does
1: listen and she does connect. And I really, really appreciate that. Also, obviously, she built an empire from nothing, which is always really respectable. Um, everyone knows about the Oprah Winfrey show, but if you really look back at the Oprah Winfrey show, the reason I think it was so successful is because they were confronting such hard new topics that people were struggling to talk about in such an empathetic, um, willing to learn kind of place, like just asking the right questions, exposing certain issues bringing up topics that people were struggling with and having empathy and kindness and love um, and showing that as the response. And so I think that's why she was such a trailblazer with that show is it really set the example. Like we're having now we have the Drew Barrymore show, the Kelly Clarkson show. They kind of follow that same um, road of just like trying to connect with people in that capacity. And I think that came from Oprah. I really do. So she started that with the show. Obviously, then it transitioned into her being the boss of her own network, which is just insane. So you can see those conversations happening on Super Soul Sunday. Obviously, there's the Super Soul Sunday podcast too, which is a huge one, probably my favorite podcast that I listen to. Um, But one of the main things that she's also known for is the school that she opened. And so to me, this was like, oh, this is a good thing to talk about, or that people are confronting issues such as poverty with solutions such as Mm. education. Like this school started in 2002 when Oprah was talking to um, Nelson Mandela, who I think most of us know what his role was in South Africa, but they, she mentioned, they were talking about the poverty issue. And she said, to me, it's the way out of poverty is to put people on a more even playing field, you know, like by education. Education, So if we're put on an even playing field, then you have the chances. If you have the chances and the opportunities that we all have, it gives everyone a bigger opportunity to thrive. And so she started the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls, and um, it's still thriving. And she said, I wanted to build a school for girls like me. Um, she defined the Oprah girl as having an indefinable quality of tenacity, charisma, and smart. So they've really been making waves in South Africa. The school is still thriving and there's been a ton of graduates now. I think a lot of them go back and like still help the school because it changed their life, you know? So I just love the idea of using your platform for hard conversations, but then also like Taking some action, putting those things into actionable steps. And she saw a major issue of poverty instead of just, like, you know, bitching about the poverty. She's like, okay, let's give them the shot. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's, like, start start the school. So my girl Oprah, top of my <laughs> oh, list.
2: The GOAT. Well, I think this leads into... I'm going to go out of order from my list. Oh, wow. Um, I, we didn't know the makes, order of
1: your list. So no, no, just yeah. Well, yourself. you did.
2: Um, and it wasn't... That was just the order that I wrote them down. Um, okay. I think that leads nicely into my, um, my goat, who is Dolly Parton.
1: Oh, love Dolly.
2: Dolly, yeah. I mean, look, I... First of all, I don't think there's a person on earth who does not recognize or know who Dolly Parton is. She's one of the most recognizable is it Dolly iconic in her boobs. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, Is it uh, both? They're okay. one in the same, you yeah. know. There is so no Dolly without those <laughs> islands in the stream, you know. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, I think she's honestly one of the most iconic brands in the world, you know, sure. just like Oprah. Um and she's done it. Um, with such fierce positivity Mm. but honesty too you know she was very early in her career writing about women's issues she was writing about uh, you know suicide and abortion and Mm. things that like were like not topics that people were talking about particularly women um in the public sphere you know obviously those conversations were happening but they weren't happening in the public sphere um and she's you know she's always She's really self aware. She's the first to like crack a joke about herself, and she's very honestly said like I'm. You know, it's it's the best way to diffuse people that are going to make fun of you if you say what they're going to say first. Yeah, and own it. You know, like her her she understands that like entertainment is razzle dazzle, and that's what she does best. But she's been able to parlay her success in entertainment into like doing good in the world, and she's got the um. She's got her book club that sends it's Dolly's Reading Library, Rainbow Reading Library, or something like that. And okay. it sends you can sign up if you have children and you'll get a free book a month. And they it's at no cost. Um, she funds that. She also put a million dollars in that that found that helped find the vaccine for COVID. Mm. She bought Dolly Dolly uh Dollywood, which is in East Tennessee. It's we an amazing Dollywood. theme park. But it was, I forget, it might have been a Six Flags or something, but it was sort of falling apart. And she bought it because her family's there, and most of them are uneducated. And she was able to give them jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's revitalized that community.
1: It really has. Um,
2: and, yeah, uh, she's, you know, she's, uh, like, her Her audiences at her shows are incredibly inclusive. Mm-hmm. She's worked across the spectrum of so many different musicians, from Christian to gay, <laughs> Um, now she's doing and, like
1: a rap album or what does she do? Uh, and she's doing a rock, a, a rock, rock album. Rock.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I just think like she very, like you rarely hear her like step into the political space. And whenever yeah. someone tries to corner her with a political question, she always has the most above board answer where she says exactly what you expect her to say okay. while saying I'm not going to delve into politics mm. but you know where she stands. Yeah. Um and yeah, I just think I just like I think she is a really prime example of mind your business. You know what okay, I mean? Like yeah. she does exactly what she wants to do, she does it beautifully, she does it with heart. And, um, she, you know, she just radiates love. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could have more people do that, like, it's no surprise that she's incredibly successful because she's, her talent matches her heart. And I think that, you know, the world has rewarded her for that.
1: This is a side note, but is there something, it's like pinging in my mind, something about the reading rainbow.
2: (laughs) Do you remember was that, that a television show?
1: I think it was. I think there and we was. just said it, and immediately my head went to that song. And I'm like, but what am I remembering?
2: Um, <laughs> what was it? Oh, it's oh, hers is called The Imagination Library. So maybe oh, Reading Rainbow was a television show. You
1: pulled show. okay, you pulled reading the Reading Rainbow, Rainbow out.
2: Oh, yeah, it was a television show called Reading Rainbow.
1: Oh my god, I gotta find that song because now it's like happening in my head, but barely, if it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> just those two words, and I'm like, what is the rest of that? Okay, interesting.
0: Take yeah in a book, a reading rainbow. Well,
1: we love Dolly. I've always been a big fan of Dolly. Go ahead, Dolly. Keep,
0: Go and
3: girl. also,
1: like, she's still kicking it. I'm just she's so impressed like by her it. all the yeah. time. Yeah. Just nonstop at this age. It's great. Um. All right. So, my next one. You did actually, it was interesting when I sent you my list. You were like, I think it's really interesting. All of yours are women. And that wasn't at all intentional. And most of them are actually women of color. It wasn't intentional. It's just who really inspires me and who I really, um, I appreciate the way that they're confronting things. So Michelle Obama is my second one. I am a huge fan as the first lady, uh, see Obama served as a role model for women and worked as an advocate for poverty, poverty, awareness, education, nutrition, physical activity, and healthy eating. She supported American designers and was considered a fashion icon. That's not really anything other than like a fun tip for me. (laughs) (laughs) Obama was the first African-American woman to serve as the first lady. So that to me is like confronting issues by leading your life as an example. Like uh, to me, she confronts issues of racism by living her life. Like she leads her life with examples. She opens up opportunities for others because now she's already crossed that barrier. Like there's been a black first lady and that opens up the whole conversation for any race to be in the, uh, the white house, you know? Um, so I don't think she necessarily even has to speak to it other than to just go live her life and do the job that she did, which was amazing. Um, one of the other things you and I talked about is like, confronting health and wellness and maybe this is because of your hard Mm. workout yesterday but (laughs) michelle obama was actually really really integral in confronting the issues of our food systems here which is like especially schools yes it's an odd topic to bring up but to me it is a major issue in our country specifically and i always talk about this because i believe that what we put in our bodies is just the, the complete, like that's everything. And we just put so much shit in our bodies with mindlessly without thinking about it. And so our health is in really bad, a bad place and demise almost we're getting all these diseases and there's all of these, you know, autoimmune cancer, all these things that from our stress and the food we eat and not taking care of ourselves and just being unaware. So she really started a lot of those conversations on a bigger scale Um, I know Hillary Clinton had like started a little vegetable garden at the White House and Michelle Obama just made it this huge deal. Like I remember seeing so many news stories about this garden and it was really just to show not only how to eat well and how we can like eat from a place of producing our own food, but it also something that's sustainable for our society. And like so much of our food issues, I do think come from looking at things like from a mass production standpoint, like our government just trying to produce, produce, produce. So then they put all these chemicals in our food to help with mass production that are really bad for our bodies. So,
2: yeah, I just saw a story this morning on BBC news uh-huh. where they took these two twin sisters okay, and put them, they did a two week dietary trial where like fat, calories, you know all of the like markers were the same but one was eating a very healthy diet and mm-hmm. one was eating highly processed food okay and um the highly processed food like the her lipids and her like everything went up that you don't want to go up she gained a, a kilogram in 2 weeks yep um and the one that ate healthy like all of her blood work like was really good and um, they said it's, you know, obviously whatever was done in those two weeks can be reversed in two weeks with mm-hmm. healthy eating. But they said it was a, you know, it's re- was a really eye-opening study because it was basically they were doing it with genetically this. They were identical twins. Same person. The yeah. same body. Yeah. And right. it was not about calories. It's about mm-hmm. literally the things that are in it.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because like, I mean, and you guys give me so much shit in our friend group because the way I eat all the time. Um, and I do gluten free, dairy free, but then mostly I just try to eat real food. And I think like, I know it's like, ha ha ha. It's Kelly's the complicated one or whatever. But the reason I do it is simply because now that I've done it long enough, I, I see how bad I feel when I don't. And I think when we do things so often, like this was the same with me for drinking, when you're drinking often, you don't realize how bad it's making you feel actually. And so you probably aren't realizing like the damage it's doing to your body. But then if you take time off, you do it one time and you're like, Whoa, you really recognize the difference. So I think it's really important for us to know, like, I know gluten and dairy don't work with my body. And so I just try to listen and pay attention to that. I'm not like a full like stickler, but for the most part, I eat that diet, and it makes me feel so much better. People also always ask me, like, how are you so thin? And I do take care of myself in exercise, and I also have genetically, like, I'm just built this way, but I do think a lot of the time, like, the reasons I don't gain a ton of weight and stuff is because I eat real food. Like, I don't right. actually watch what I eat ever. Like, I've never counted calories in my life, right. but I feel like because I'm eating real food and not processed food our bodies are just built to that's what that's how it's supposed to work and so it just right it just functions better that way that study is really interesting that's fascinating yeah
2: yeah i'll send you a link to it
1: yeah um the other thing michelle obama did about the hunger thing is you kind of mentioned this in schools but she was really integral in the healthy hungry free kids act where they really tried to work on the pyramid thing for food what is that called the pyramid
2: thing (laughs) It's like the daily intake pyramid or whatever. Yeah,
1: they restructured that though. And specifically that was meant for school systems and um, just kind of making sure we're actually getting the nutrients that we need. Uh, It's also, it's now transitioned into, it's called MyPlate. So it's reauthorizing child nutrition programs and for other purposes. So. Anyway, again, same thing where it's like a person going out and seeing an issue and instead of just preaching about it, going and actually making changes and doing something in a kind, loving way to help others in need.
2: um okay my next one is probably a name that most people won't recognize and it's somebody that okay. i just learned of this year and i hope i pronounce his last name properly but his name's dr eric servini okay it's the e-r-v-i-n-i and um he's a he's a homosexual historian Ooh. um and he i mean he's he's young i think he's like 30 years old um he went to harvard um And then he went to somewhere in the UK and got his doctorate and he's written okay. he's he writes books about homosexuals throughout history and sort of their crusades for equal rights. And I think the reason why I'm drawn to him is I think it's really important for all of us to understand where we came from yeah. and and the doors that have been opened by the people um before us. And you know, I also think too, in a divided world where um politically, um people who are anti-LGBTQ, they go for um, you know, they go for the least common denominator shit. Like they make it all about sex and what's bad for kids yeah. and that you know, they make it like this boogeyman thing, and what they try to erase is the humanity from it. And when you look at something from a historical perspective, you ha- you're confronted with the humanity of these people, yeah. And it's not just about you know being sexual deviants. And you know, that I'm not here to say that there aren't sexual deviants in the homosexual space. There are in the heterosexual space too. Sure. Um, And to each his own. Mind your business. You know. But I think he's a really important voice um, of this new generation. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for people that are um, living in smaller towns that don't understand and are maybe having feelings about themselves or feelings about their loved ones, he's writing books that are really important. And he's also, um, you know, he's active on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, his first book that was a New York Times bestseller is called The Deviance War. And um, I, <laughs> um sadly haven't read it yet but um what it did it it's it's about an astronaut um during the space race in 1957 okay. um he was you know working the space race and he was actually sorry he was an astronomer named Frank Kameny Kameny and he was summoned by the Pentagon because they thought he might be gay and it was this thing that he had to fight um because his sexuality really played zero role in what he was doing but at that time the way that the government and the world viewed homosexuals was uh, they were deviants um and so i think it's it's that was sort of the beginning of like major gay rights movements within government um and it was a new york times bestseller so um i'm going to order a copy of it today because i think it's important for for me to understand where that came from
1: yeah also uh- recently Go ahead. Oh, what were you gonna say? No, go ahead.
2: He also recently started to think, oh, maybe this is where I got the word rainbow, called the Rainbow mm-hmm. Book Bus. And yeah. he and his partner, through crowdsourcing, raised money and bought this old school bus um, so that they can drive around and combat um, book banning. Um, yeah. And go into states where books have been banned. In a press release it says, um, last school year an unprecedented 2550 2,532 bans were enacted, affecting 1,648 unique book titles and 1,553 authors and artists. Across 32 states, 138 school districts implemented book bans, affecting nearly 4 million students. I mean, it's Mm. crazy. And so, um, yeah, they raised a bunch of money. And he also has um, a thing called shopqueer.co. And he has a book club where he recommends a book that you should read every month to – to delve deeper into homosexual history. So, yeah. you know, I like, I know this isn't going to be for every listener, but I do think it's important because even if you think that you don't know someone who's gay, you probably do. And it's, you know, we, we're living in a time right now where like the HRC has like issued a state of emergency for homo uh, for LGBTQ people right now in, in our country. And um you know, we we need to find kindness and understanding and 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 reading about people throughout history, I think will bring sort of the human element that can bring understanding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we don't have to agree with everybody, but I do think it's important to try and understand everybody. And it will give us a stronger grip on our perspective if we can understand something that is different from us. And yeah. so... I, I think I think this is an important voice right now,
1: well, I love that you said he's bringing <clears throat> real life people, like the human piece of that. And also, I think when we can see just sort of stories over time, it almost becomes like science in the way that you're like you're seeing it play out. And so it's factual versus just people spewing their opinions all the time. And I think for me, that's an interesting way to confront things right now, because there's just a lot of voices and a lot of noise. And so, especially when it's something so long-term that we can look back historically and see different examples of, and especially like you said, the human piece of it, that's a pretty, pretty amazing way to approach it. Also happy pride month, y'all.
4: Yeah.
2: Happy pride.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, kind of to transition into my next person I think I'm going out of order too, even though y'all didn't know that I'm going to go ahead and tell that because since you did, but, (laughs) um, this kind of plays into what I just said about having facts. Um, I picked Brene Brown as one of my next people. And one of the reasons I picked her is because again, there's so much noise all the time. Like everyone has a voice now because of social media, which is great in some ways. And it's also overwhelming in others because there's just so many opinions And the reason I like Brene's work so much is because she's a researcher. So she got really famous um, when she did a TED Talk about vulnerability. She's kind of known as like the expert in vulnerability. But all of her books, her talks, everything that she's done, all her work is really based in science. So she'll go run all these tests. She's a researcher, like I said. So she's constantly doing um, the research to find the real examples of these things, not just like, oh, this makes me feel this way. But the interesting piece about her research is it is about human feelings, like vulnerability and the reason we do all of the things that we do. And she really is kind of getting to the bottom of that. And then she's talking very openly about that. And what I really resonate with is similar to what we were saying about Dax. When people tell their real stories, it opens up the platforms and it opens up the conversation for all of us to remember that we're human beings, that we all have these feelings. We're suppressing so much all the time, but that we're not isolated in any of that stuff. And the human connection is where we heal. So the more we open up and make ourselves vulnerable to each other, um, the greater, the chances for us all to thrive, you know? Right. Right. So, um, obviously I mentioned her Ted talk, Brene also has multiple books, including Daring Greatly, The Gifts of Imperfection, Dare to Lead, Braving the Wilderness, Rising Strong, and Atlas of the Heart. So if you have somehow lived under a rock and you've never heard Brene Brown's name, I highly recommend all of those books. She's obviously been on Oprah and all the things, too. So you can go listen to her podcast and um, multiple interviews of Brene. The TED Talk is actually a really good place to start if you don't know Brene's work because it gives you a really good foundation into kind of what she's about and also just... The basic stuff that she talks about, which is vulnerability,
2: I love how she speaks to. I could listen to her talk forever.
1: She's just so real. She's yeah. like this woman from Texas, and she's like, "Hey y'all, what's up?" Like, <laughs> yeah, here, here she it cusses. Is.
2: like, she's yes. just like, it's it normalizes it because yes. I do. I think some of those topics, like especially vulnerability, which you know we all need to work at, um, is overwhelming for people. And if you normalize sure. it and make it, um, you know, sort of the everyman approach to it. Like mm-hmm. I think it's it more people are going to be willing to sort of lean in.
1: Well, and I also feel like she was such um, she was a little before her time because, yeah. and I mean, she's still obviously existing and working, but like all of those conversations she started many years ago. And I do feel like as a culture, we're kind of catching up to that. Like before the pandemic, it felt like we had because of social media, we had this world where we presented. <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> we presented and we wanted to paint this perfect picture of our life. And that was like kind of the basis for most of the way that things existed. Even the celebrity culture, it was all about appearances, you know? And I think the pandemic hit and a lot of us got sick of that because we're like, Hey, my life is falling apart. Like, I don't want to see how great I'm doing air quotes right now. Your life is on social media. Like, let's get real here. Like the real the real talks and real connection and real vulnerability were the things that I think a lot of us were drawn to. And so there has seemed to be a shift, but Brene is really, she's kind of the innovator of these conversations. She started having them many, many years ago. And I feel like we're finally starting to catch up as a society. So definitely a thought leader.
2: I love confronting
1: some shit, you know?
2: Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I think I'm gonna only do one more. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna cut one. Um my last one is is George Resch. Okay. Um most people will know him as Tank from Tank Good News and oh, Tank, yeah. Tank Sinatra. Okay. Um and you know, he was just a normal guy that um started doing a meme page. Yeah um and it grew to over a million people and he started making money. Um, and so he quit his normal job and started focusing on that, um, fully. And then in the wake of Hurricane Harvey, Mm. um, when sort of, you know, the world Mm. was literally underwater and it was, seemed like doomsday, he was really moved by, um, watching people, um, help their neighbors, put Mm. their own lives at risk to save other people, um, just really rise to the occasion to, you know, help people, in a time of need, and he started his Good News Network then. It's, you know, Tank tank Good News. Yeah. And it was from a place where he just, in that moment, he said that he realized that the media really does, you know, they they bank on fear because fear causes an exciting response from us, Mm -hmm. and it makes you want to come back for more because you need to know how things turned out or you need to know if there's a new clue or you need to it's all of those things that bring you back and so and and i do think it's like most major media outlets that is their approach and um he thought it was a really good time to just start putting some good news out in the world so it started with him highlighting some of the people that were doing good things for others and it has grown now to a network and a website that has over 3 million followers
1: i love that
2: yeah and um like we've talked about it before like we often will pull yeah. news from it when we talk about good news stuff and and honestly it's like i i question myself on instagram every day whether or not i need i want to be informed or like it's it's this balance where it's like i feel like i need to have news sites that i'm following so that i'm yeah. informed on what's going on in the world yeah but it brings me fucking down and it like those are the thoughts that live free in my mind all the time and i hate it mm-hmm. um but i do follow him and <clears throat> when I, when that shows up in my thread, it literally lightens my day. It makes me feel good. It makes me believe in humanity again. <laughs> and, you know, I just think if there were more people like that, because I do, you know, it does sometimes touch on topical subjects. Sure. Um, but it, it's always like a fresh, refreshing, happy approach to something. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know we're, we're talking about some really big names here you know like people that are incredibly recognizable and so i thought it was important to add him to my list because he's just a normal guy that started doing something good and it's had a ripple effect through you know the world and it's spreading kindness is something that's really easy to do and right. um you know he now has a platform that lots of people can receive kindness through but i just think he's a great example of you know, a good
4: human being and I wanted to highlight it today.
1: Well, also, it's sort of what we talk about, like you said, living with kindness, but remember we've talked about the impact that the news has on our brain and the constant just news come bad news coming in. It's like doomsday and what that's actually doing to our brain. We've talked about that on this podcast. I had my brain therapist on the podcast and she really reiterated how true that is. And so what he's doing is actually really helping our brains, which is like on such a bigger scale, helping with emotional health, mental health. It's so much bigger than he just puts up a couple memes that make you laugh. Like it's actually contributing to society in a very positive way for us as humans and for our own mental and emotional health.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it to me, it the the stories that I see change my day. Yeah and um you know i i do think i'm i'm hitting sort of a reckoning point with the news and i have to i think i have oh, to start just, unfollowing I'm a like, bunch of I it i know
1: i have because to because it's
2: and the algorithms know too mm. and it's like i don't even see what my friends are up to anymore like I all i get is news and bad news so yeah um i i love what he does so i i think everyone should give him a follow because it's a little bit of light in your day
1: all right, I'll put all the links to his Instagrams and other websites in the description of this podcast. Are you ready for my final one? Yes, ma'am. Going out with a bang. Guess who it is? Him. Kim Kardashian.
2: Oh, shit. <laughs> and this, listen, listen, this one's going to be divisive. I, I was going to say, if see you guys are in say. your
1: car right now and you're rolling <laughs> your eyes at me, slow your roll. Just slow down. I get it. Like, I do get it about, you know, Kim got famous because of a sex tape and a reality show. And it's kind of like, roll your eyes, roll your eyes, roll your eyes. What does she even do? She's not talented is what people want to say. I have always disagreed with that statement because I look at that family in general and the brands that they've built and the billion dollar like fortune that they've created. It's like an empire now. And I just have so much respect for them as business people. I think they've really maximized the opportunities that they were given. Um, I mean, like, think about how many other reality shows you've seen. I was on one of them that really did not figure out how to maximize that platform. And that was a really frustrating experience for me, actually, because I ended up getting punished for that. But like, there are ways to do that. And I really think the Kardashians are an example of people who have been smart about that um and so not only has she you know really she didn't come from nothing obviously but i do think that she had to fight a lot of battles to kind of get to where she is and be a person that's respected in any capacity because i think a lot of us want to be like bro you got a sex tape like shut the fuck up (laughs) right (laughs) you know right um but what I really love about her right now, specifically, and this is this goes with every interview I see her do. She was just recently on the Jay Shetty podcast. Like she's had just a lot of other interviews where I feel like she's very aware of how famous she is and how many people's ears and eyes she has. And so she's taken this opportunity to not necessarily like maximize her own stuff anymore. Obviously, that's a part of it. But, like, where that used to feel like the driving force, I feel like she shifted into more of a position of service for others. And I'm sure some people are like laughing at me again, but that is what I observe. And I do think that people with big platforms, like, you don't have to do that. Like, everyone's like, oh, well, you have a responsibility. Sure, you have a platform, but like, some people take it and some people don't. And so, to see a person that used to be so self focused. Now, trying to help others, um, I find that really inspiring. And so, she did
2: not have to get a law degree.
1: No. And didn't she fail the bar a
2: few times? Like, she 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 fought three times before she
1: passed it. So, like, that's what I was just about to shift into. She's now gone back to law school. And again, like you're saying, she didn't have to do that. It's not like she didn't have a ton on her plate, or like she has four children, and I know she has help. But before you start rolling your eyes at that, too, you're still the mom at the end of the day. Like, you can have yeah. all the help in the world, but that doesn't relieve you of the responsibility of motherhood. Like it's just still, they're still your kids. Right. Um, So I don't think that it's just like, oh, she has help. So her life is easy. That's a, that really frustrates me when people say that. And I think until you've experienced celebrity life and maybe all the pressure, like when you see what their schedules look like the way that you and I do, I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know how. A lot of people are doing it because it's nonstop and they are back well, to back to back to back to back functioning all the time.
2: well, and you also have to think like it's hard for them to not be with their kids too. you know like yep. there's that. It's not just about the kid not being with the mom. There's like it's it hurts mothers to not be with their children. right. It's still yeah. the same
1: like mom guilt and all the things. I mean, yeah. she's still human. I think people just forget that and it's easy for us to look at someone who has so much money and so much fame and success and be like, Oh, well, this is just easier for her. And that's just not true. I don't think it's just different. And some things might be easier, but there's different battles, I think. Um, so anyway, she went back to law school and I guess I p- wanted to put her on my list because now like what she's doing with the justice project and just prison reform in general, like she is really actively working in that field. She went back to school so that she can understand what's going on. And she's really trying to expose the issues with our judicial system and then like how it's run. And then how often innocent people are being incarcerated unfairly. Like I actually had no concept of this. And I think a lot of us are lucky enough to not have to deal with this in our everyday life. Um, But it's something that is happening. And She's really trying to expose it. They now have a podcast. Uh, what is the podcast called? The System. There's a podcast that she is the co-host of and executive producer of. And it's just, it's become one of the top criminal justice podcasts on Spotify. The description says over the course of eight episodes, Kardashian and her co-hosts will work with investigators, experts and more to discuss the complexities of Keith's case. So I guess there's a specific guy there following his case They want to expose the cracks within the story and highlight ways in which our legal system is broken. So I just really appreciate the fact that she's going into this, trying to expose one of the major issues in our culture. Um, And I think this ties into a lot of other conversations like racism and things like that. But she's trying to expose it, but she's also trying to be informed at the same time. And to me, that's also showing an example of like, go learn, go do things, go use your platform or use the things you've been given and try to help others.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, she, she, it, she, I think she's definitely going to be a polarizing one on this list and she's not one I would have expected, but I also mm-hmm. fully understand why she's on here and I've kind of changed. I've never watched the show. I know. Um, so, but I do, I, I appreciate the thing, the, the good that she's, doing in the world and I've all I've you know friends of mine that work in media that have interviewed her have only said amazing things about the way that Mm -hmm. she shows up how intelligent she is I had a friend that worked at um a magazine and they wanted to put her on the cover and they had one caveat they said only Kim can come we don't want an entourage yeah and um the photographer it was Bruce Weber wanted to shoot her without makeup and she agreed to everything
1: yeah
2: um and apparently it was like lovely and I've
1: always heard that about she was her really too.
2: open and vulnerable and all of the things. So, yeah. Um, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover.
1: Well, no. And I think a lot of us just want to throw <clears throat> a lot of us want to throw stones at people who maybe were born into this life with privilege, you know, like Kim was, it sounds like, but mm-hmm. I just think it's what you do with it. And I think it's also like, yeah, that would have been lovely, but Um, I don't know. That's just the journey she was given. And so I just appreciate the fact that she's trying to give back now and use it for good.
2: Yeah. And also that's that's confronting
1: hard topics. Like, like you said, she's a very divisive person. So I think it would be really easy for her to try to stay out of those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just going to add more to the load of hate that I think she already probably gets. Right. So, yeah, like this is a great topic that honestly, like who else is talking about this with such a platform that right. no one else that's talking about it has the reach that she has, obviously, because I personally have not heard anything about it until now. Maybe right. that's my own ignorance, but that's just the truth is that it's not really a conversation that you have at the water cooler every day, you know? No,
2: no. And I do think like she's actively gotten some people pardoned. Yeah. Um, you she know, has. and I don't think they would have been pardoned if it weren't for her efforts.
1: Sure. Yeah. So if you disagree with me and want to come at me, that's fine. Email me at theedge at (laughs) (laughs) velvetsedge.com. Or you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Velvets Edge. Chip?
2: I'm at Chip Dorsch, C-H-I-P-D-O-R-S-C-H.
1: And as you guys are going into your weekend and confronting things of all different kinds, I hope that you are living on the edge and always remember to... Act casual. You nailed it today. I mean, I'm, yeah, it. I'm feeling that. It. Okay. Like, okay. Bye.
3: Bye.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,